especially like with Thresh's story, Thresh has the most details there. And all it was, was that he had a big old smile on his face while the ruination happened. And he's standing right there. And he said to himself, this is how it feels to chew five gum. All right, well, that's it. Ryan's going to finish up this episode because I quit. <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 51. I am your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hetch. And we get... To talk about a bunch of dead people. I see dead people. <laughs> <laughs> you do see dead people. And we're, you know, th- this is an interesting episode because, like anything else, it may be one that tears us apart. <laughs> but we'll get there uh, because we always start with housekeeping. So, up top, as far <laughs> you can listen to us everywhere. If you're not following us on TikTok, if you happen to have it, follow us. We post some clips there from time to time. Um, but Twitter is the place to be. That's the easiest way to keep up to date on episodes. That's at Podcast Core. That's Podcast C-O-R. And then you can send an email to the same name at gmail.com. Leave a like, follow, short review slash comment. Helps us get, you know, discovered by newer folks. Uh, but you can also tell a friend to descend into despair and madness by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. Is that actually a sales point? Like, is that what we're trying to do? Like, There's some hey, edgy listeners out there, man. Descend into <laughs> despair and madness. Like, what are we? Like, the news? <laughs> Listen, we do it all for our dark lord. Yeah, for our we'll dark rise. lord. This is just a median for us to, like... <laughs> Cthulhu Fathagen. <laughs> all right, so what you been playing? What you been playing? Uh, nothing. So, listen. <laughs> what is this, episode three of me not actually, like, playing the game yet since the release of the expansion? I, I'll, I'll get there. All right. There's plenty of time. There's, like, 17 days still left in the event. Um, yeah. I'll get there. But yeah, in so the meantime, we just discover your, something. Yeah. So, you're just living your best life. That, that's, that's all yeah. I'm hearing. Yeah. And it's Final Fantasy's fault. Listen. Okay. So, enough excuses. What we did find out and what Hetch pointed out to me today is our Lord and Savior, Jiori Senpai. Uh, you may have heard us talk about him in the past. Just a random player that we're both obsessed with uh, has posted some lists because he's been playing some other card games in the meantime. But he posted, retweeted some lists and two of them catch my eye. One of them is disgusting. So we won't talk about that one. But the one <laughs> we'll talk about. <laughs> what do you mean we won't talk about the disgusting one? You know, karma got buffed. <laughs> Oh, you stop it. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) So he posted a Zed Sivir update, um, which is related to uh, the same one from the past that plays, you know, the 3-1 on 2, plays the uh, the 4-3 that gives vulnerable. The same deck just tweaked a little bit uh, with all the changes that have happened with a few cards. So that means, okay, there's a Sivir Zed deck that's still viable. And then towards the end of the meta, before we got the new expansion, Sharvin started becoming a thing. And he did a little tweak on Sharvin uh, that actually just adds a bit more top end, but nothing too crazy from the original list. So basically, I get to play what I was playing before uh, in the current meta as it stands, which is exciting. And next time we talk, 
uh, I'll have more details on how that turns out. Right. Well, I'm not going to troll you too much because Mm -hmm. this past week I haven't played too much. uh, And that is uh, because it's been a fun video game week for me with um, uh, my brother is a gigantic Pokemon fan. And Pokemon Unite. Pokemon Unite dropped. So how is it? It is very fun and very clearly made for people that are like at the age of eight Okay. Or lower. Uh, so unlike every other time I've tried a, a game that is in that in that genre, mm-hmm. in the MOBA genre, unlike every time I've played that game, when you beat up on someone, it is like ingrained in you to call them a noob. Oh, no. Um, and in this one, because it's just everything is very clearly like, you know, we made this for kids to have fun mm-hmm. with this with this genre so i will beat up on someone and i like my instinct is immediately oh no you don't oh you you're like six i'm sorry (laughs) this can be fun this can be fun double kill Uh, double kill yeah and then outside of uh pokemon unite uh you know a bunch of my friends are nerds and they got me into dungeons and dragons and so also with this week, um, you know, it w- Magic the Gathering had a Dungeons and Dragons set. Oh, no, Hedge. So, yeah, I've I've had an eventful week that was not glued. This is truly the end of the show. I know we usually kid about it, but I think this is it. Uh, but my Magic friend. pulled him back in. My friend. <laughs> my friend. It's, it's those Hasbro fangs, man. Once they get in you. <laughs> make sure to keep bringing you back I, no i i uh, there's something dumb that i've been working on in runeterra so it it'll never truly pull me back away again runeterra <laughs> pulled me away from magic that's the truth the 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 facts but no yeah pokemon unite i've i've have, i've been enjoying uh hopping on reddit every once in a while and seeing a twitch clip of uh league of legends let uh well-known cutie pie just wrecking kids <laughs> the ad maniac himself uh, and having a good time doing it alongside dyrus yeah, a, like, dyrus oh yeah. no dyrus please spare the children the, spare the children there, there's a there's a, con- a youtube content creator my brother and i follow that is already has like three videos up of him just bullying poor kids <laughs> in pokemon <laughs> unite <laughs> and and like the whole time he's doing it he's just got like his desk now just lined up with every gengar plushie he owns yeah <laughs> how does it run because it, it's on switch right yeah it's on switch only right now and like even bef- when it first dropped we were it's very clear that it's made to be a mobile game yeah. so it, it it plays like a mobile game but the frame rate especially like when if you're playing docked it mm. is really good okay. um and it, the game looks pretty enough i mean it's still very cartoony which yeah. makes it pop a little bit more because you don't have to have the graphics like turned all the way up to 11 with such a cartoony look yeah um but it's very smooth and there are tons of people playing it right now. I think our longest queue time for a game was seven seconds. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. It's ridiculous. Like we, we actually had queue times that were one second. Um, 
Like that, that's not even a joke, but with that many people playing, we haven't yeah. gotten, we haven't had a, a single person drop out of a game yet. Like it, the servers are still up and running pretty yeah, well. Yeah, of course. I, dude, so, I can only imagine the amount of money that they put behind that thing to make it run because it is going to be the biggest sale of this year. I mean, yeah. we're only halfway through. They're going to make a lot of fucking money off this game. There's already people that have thrown money at it and it's not even a week in. Like we got into our third game and there was like two people with skins. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, like we're just like what the hell like y'all stole your parents credit card like don't lie to me like y'all did not pay for this oh dude i'll pick your brain more about it because I, ha I have a switch light so i'll pick your brain more about it after this uh but, okay. but we gotta get we gotta give the people what they came for uh yeah. the main topic today reluctant royalty we're talking mm -hmm. about is it vigo or viego i i say viego like because you know the spanish yeah i was about to say yeah we're, we're gonna go with your interpretation as the spanish speaker viego it is yeah. uh and it sounds smoother and when you look at his abs that, those are viego abs like <laughs> it's clear yeah. the, those are abs that came out of those are abs that came out from like the barcelona region <laughs> of spain <laughs> Straight out of a romance novel, mm -hmm. and this is what your girl is talking about when she's oh. asking you, when she gets upset with you and asks you to be, can't you be more spontaneous? And she's looking at Viego. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is the fictional character she tells you not to worry about. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we're going to hop straight into it. Um, as we mentioned before in a previous episode, Viego has been a part of this uh, random, and I say random because there wasn't much lead up to it. Uh, it was kind of just like, hey, we have an expansion coming. And also, here's a little extra sugar on the side, um, which was the Sentinel of Light event with the Ruined King, uh, which is precursor to like there's an RPG coming out down the road and a lot more to follow this story because they're really giving us finally the lore of this of this chunk of uh, Runeterra history. And obviously yeah. we're going to go deeper into that in later episodes. But today we're focusing on Viego because we actually have like a biography, a biography release for him and some cards alongside him that give us more. At last. <laughs> At last. So let's start with the spell. Uh, had to do it here. It's pretty straightforward. It's also the spell that Viego turns into if you have multiple of them in your hand. Uh, it's Despair. A fitting name. But it's unique, you know, it's a unique spell in how it does killing in this game, like how you remove something with it. But that also makes it damn near unplayable. <laughs> hey, I mean, no, like if there is if you have like a, especially now with the nice little buffs that Sharima got, that's kind of bringing Lee Sin back mm -hmm. into the light. This is perfect for an eye of the dragon. You know, get rid of that pesky one three that's creating all those life lingers. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's actually a good point. But if you need to get a Trendemir off the board, <laughs> this might not be the spell for you. <laughs> and the reason we say that is because it's hella flavorful, and I'll explain a little bit why. We're not, I'm not going to spoil uh, the story elements that Hetch will get into later when we get into Viego himself. But Despair says it's a four cost slow spell with pick a unit to strike your nexus, then kill it. So there's a lot of hurdles there. Uh, first, it's a four-cost slow spell. Gives them plenty of space to react to it, and if they react to it with something that's cheaper and they get more value, you're losing the value battle immediately. Uh, the next part that makes it tough is that you have to pick a unit um, to strike 
And it's like, okay, well, if they have all value units on and they're all chunky, right? If they're playing a Freljord style deck, which everything has five attack, there's not much value there uh, because they, they don't care if they lose one thing. They're drawing 10 cards because they all have five, five, right? Could you could you imagine playing this against a reputation deck? Oh, like, my goodness. Oh, yeah, thanks. Okay, I get a proc on my reputation and you took five to the face. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was trying to do anyways, baby. <laughs> but the, the part that really is the, the chunk that makes this so attractive to me is the flavor of the card itself because it does a great sense of representing despair. I immediately thought, when I read this card, I immediately thought of Castlevania, Netflix's Castlevania season two, the ending. I'm not gonna spoil it specifically, but the gist of that season talks about Dracula, him, him dealing with depression and taking it out on the world, but in a sense where it's like, I want you to hurt me as much as you can because you can't kill me. And then when you're done making me feel pain, I'm going to kill you. And this is pure Viego energy from how they're presenting the character. And I think that is one of the most flavorful things we've covered in a while. Yeah, it it, it screams Viego energy. It's very much. I'm, I'm glad you made that comparison as far as the Castlevania because it. Uh, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and just start calling him Alucard. He's Alucard for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Officially on the Casual Supreme Terror podcast. <laughs> That's his name now. <laughs> yeah, so Despair, great card flavor wise. You probably won't see it much um, outside of somebody playing it if they have two Viegos. Uh, in their possession at the time. But the follower that comes up on this is very playable and is just as flavorful because it's very important to the story. And they did a great job of translating that. We have Encroaching Mist. Yes. So uh, Encroaching uh, Mist is pick. a... What? Go ahead. This is a fun pick. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. This one was a no-brainer. Uh, had to do it. Uh, it's a one-cost one-one. It has ephemeral... And it has the text, when I'm summoned, grant all allied Viegos and other encroaching mist everywhere, plus one, plus one. Now, when Hedge talks about Viego, you'll understand why this is so good. But it's good on its face value. I mean, it's a card that's an early play. It's a card that allows you to ramp throughout the game so you can keep up on pace. Uh, and the ephemeral effect uh, factors into a lot of cards that came out in Shadow Isles with death effects, right? Uh, so that's that's a plus there. Yeah, and obviously we're not getting into the Viego's card yet, but that the ephemeral keyword is pretty important as far as to Viego's level up too. Um, and obviously the connection to like Hecarim's level up, um, he's, he's a dead card, so it doesn't mean too much, but yeah, we can say it. Um, so it, the encroaching miss is very, very, very important, not only to the gameplay, but also to the story. Because yep. where, where does it come from? Exactly. We have a little quote here, uh, which if you haven't listened to our Nocturne episode, check out that because this kind of has that same flavor when speaking about the mist. So the quote here says, each living creature that beholds the black mist sees something unique in it. Their own fears manifest and realized in in vague rolling forms. Um, and that when we talk about Nocturne and you listen to that episode, the way he presents nightmares to his victims is very similar into it's tailored. And this is something this is rooted in lore and much of horror uh, across you know our lifetime. 
where you have a nightmarish creature or something that project, projects the fears tailored to the person that's being targeted. So that's cool. That's a cool little bit. And then Hedge will talk more about it when we get into Viego here in a little second. And to me, it is a fun pick because this is like one of the first times we're doing a follower that's not like a playable card. Mm-hmm. Well, not well. if you go back far enough to like our Garen episode, well, Garen Lux episode, uh, we, we talk a bit about like the Dauntless Vanguard, um, but... Uh, Encroaching Mist is not a card on its own. There are effects like Viego that bring out the Encroaching Mist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then story-wise, it is important because Viego brings out the Encroaching Mist. So <laughs> how does he bring it out? Let's get to that. Um, Viego is a from a long time ago, he is a king of a kingdom far to the east of Runeterra. Before we go deeper than that, if you've listened to our other episodes that revolve around the Ruination 1.0, before we start making the 2.0 joke, uh, if, uh, as far as the Ruination, the other stories like Callista, Hecarim, and Thresh go hand-in-hand hand with this story. And they it's because, like Viego, they are all at the center of the Ruination. So we're not going to get into the ruination too much, but we do get details about the ruination that we did not have before Viego's champion release and then actually getting his biography. So we will touch it a little bit, but if you've listened to those past episodes, you've got an idea where we're going. So we're going to focus more on Viego before the ruination. And before that, he is in a kingdom far to the east long, long, long ago. And before he becomes king, he is a foolish and young man that has absolutely no interest in the throne. And this is kind of stuff that we've heard before, kind of like with Azir's story, where Azir is more just like, ah, that's not, it's never going to happen to me. There's 15 other kids in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> like, who cares? But uh, with Diego, he was the second born son. So, sure, he wasn't interested in it because it wasn't his birthright, but he also just didn't really care. He was more interested in being a spoiled rich kid. There's very much a someone that was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. And without we don't have the circumstances leading up to it, but we do know that his brother does die before inheriting the throne. So then it falls on Viego's shoulders to become the next ruler of this kingdom, and Viego still doesn't care. He <laughs> He does not apply himself at all. He is more interested in going into the town, partying, drinking, and being a spoiled rich brat. Exactly. And the only thing that changes the sense of attitude for him is when he meets a young seamstress by the name of Isolde. Uh, I'm going with Isolde. I don't know if that's right. Um, I've heard it both ways. Yeah, but, you know, we're the casuals of Terra, so it's Isolde now. You're welcome. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so Isolda is a young, a poor, a, a poor working woman, and Viego is smitten with this woman, head over heels, sweeps her off her feet, marries her, makes Isolda his queen, and he starts to rule the kingdom. Talk about a glow up. Yeah, so it's like, okay, we have the glow up, but now it's like, oh, now Viego turns his life around and he becomes a king. Well, he becomes a king in the sense that he now takes on his royal duties of handling the, the finances 
in the trade routes of the kingdom so that he can give Isolde everything. <laughs> if Isolde asks for something, she gets it. If Isolde doesn't ask for something, she gets it. He, <laughs> he now funnels every part of this kingdom into Isolde and making his queen for, happy. For the record, listeners, I know sometimes we talk a lot about politics in this episode or to some respect. This is bad fiscal policy. This is not the strategy that any what? country should employ. <laughs> what? This is bad? <laughs> this doesn't work? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So, no, no. It, this might be a little thing of, like, embezzling. Um, uh and to go to the point that this is bad, uh, the people of the kingdom, they agree with Ryan, <laughs> with Ryan here. This is a bad look. So he ends up uh, he ends up isolating himself on his own island where everyone hates him. Uh, the kingdom already had enemies before that, much yep. like how politics always works. Mm -hmm. But now he's also made an enemy of his entire kingdom and his entire royal court. And... His wife I, still digs him though. If you if you take if you take a picture of every if you take a picture of like every fantasy and, and sci-fi story and put it on the side of a barn and then took a hundred steps away from the barn and threw a big old dart at the barn, you're going to hit a picture. That already tells you what's going to happen here. If you make that many enemies, someone's going to try to kill you. All right, this you don't. This is not rocket science. Yeah. So, of course, Viego and all of his now many many enemies are uh, plotting against him. He is no longer safe, but he is an idiot. He is a rich, spoiled kid, and he doesn't know it. So he's not really planned for it. But we do know from stories like Callista and Hecarim that this kingdom did have a very powerful army and mm -hmm. very well-trained men and women within that army. So Viego is well taken care of. So when the assassination attempt comes underway, the assassin is definitely blocked away from Viego, and Viego is safe. Isolde, not so much. Oh, no. Um, so the assassin that attacks Viego in this instant is using a poisoned blade and it just grazes Isolde. All right. So it's just it's just a little scratch. And yeah. again, like so many different sci-fi and fantasy tropes, it's just like, ah, you know, one scratch of this and you'll be dead before the, the rooster crows. <laughs> all right. It, it, Isolde's still screwed, all right? Yeah. Isolde immediately goes into a deep slumber. Uh, the mages and the physicians of the royal court do their best to stabilize Isolde, but there's nothing they can do. Isolde is going to die. And this is where we get into some nice little Noxus vibes of the ruler kind of losing his mind. Yep. So Viego becomes solely focused on curing Isolde's poison. All right. Isolde dies. This isn't a thing of like he's trying to prevent the death. Isolde dies. Yeah. And Viego barricades himself in her chambers with her corpse and then ends up taking all of the rest of the money the kingdom has into curing death. <laughs> <laughs> this is... This is not good. 
If that's not the ramblings of a madman, <laughs> I don't know what is. All right. So, and th- that is where, you know, we really get to pick up on Callista's story because Callista gets sent off seeking this mythical cure for, um, for death. <laughs> and this is also the point that we know that Hecarim begins using this weakened state of Viego. Uh, by weakened state, we just mean the guy's a lunatic. So yeah. he probably didn't need much pushing, but Hecarim starts kind of pushing Viego in the direction of like, yeah, yeah, let's come on, let's, come on, let's go kill, let's go kill these other nations because yeah. that's going to, they, they've got the ticket. They've got what your wife needs to be healed. And all, for the kingdom, all chaos breaks loose. And this is what leads us into the ruination. They go to the Blessed Isles because, uh, because Callista is able to find the, out that the Blessed Isles has the inner sanctum with these holy waters mm-hmm. with healing properties. They go to the Blessed Isles, cause a ruination. All right. So now that we're at the ruination, without those details, the de- the new things that we have, thanks to Viego's story, is what actually happens inside the inner sanctum. Uh, with all, especially like with Thresh's story, Thresh has the most details there, and all it was was that he had a big old smile on his face while the ruination happened, and he's standing right there. And he said to himself, this is how it feels to chew five gum. <laughs> All right, well, that's it. Ryan's going to finish up this episode because I quit. I quit. All right, Hedge has it from this one board. I'm going to go ahead and call this um, one. So the the new details that we have, other than the five gum, it feels like the ruination, is, uh, is that the inner sanctums is like a pool of water similar to the oasis that is in Sharima that Azir brings back to life after he fully ascends. And Viego takes Isolde's corpse into the pools of the inner sanctum of the blessed Isles. And she does come back to life. That that is that is the new twist that we have here is that she does return to life and she returns to life as a wraith. All right. So things that don't go as planned. (laughs) 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 Coming back as a wraith. And it is written that is in her confusion and her, her anger of being ripped away from the realm of the dead, this wraith takes up Viego's sword and stabs him in the heart with it. Now, this is the first point that we actually are told that Viego's sword is a magically enchanted weapon. We don't know the details at this point of what those enchantments are, but the action of a human being being killed in this magical pool reacts with the magic of the sword and that triggers the ruination um so we what we know is that it, it is a strong enough magic to cause literally country ending devastation and take a whole corner of the runeterra globe 
out. Yeah. All right. That that's what we know about this. And that that's why we were highlighting the card despair, because this that that is the sword that is used to kill Viego. All right. And the one that kills him is Isolda's Wraith. So it, just in this little bit of like 10 seconds, just a lot is going down. Yeah. And it is the catalyst to the ruination. And that now we fast forward into Runeterra present times. Viego wakes up. Right. And by Viego waking up, it's his spirit wakes up. And what we know from like Callista and Hecarim and Thresh, they don't none of these wraiths keep too much of their their memory. Thresh is the oddity. He remembers everything, but he's a lunatic all, already, so who cares? Uh, <laughs> Viego also doesn't remember any of these details. He doesn't remember who he was as a person. He only remembers one thing. And the one thing he remembers is that he must see Isolde again. Yeah. And the world will be destroyed and all will die before him so that he can see Isolde again. Mm-hmm. And that leads us into the event that we are playing through in the cas- uh, in the Le- League of Runeterra right now, or mm-hmm. the Legends of Runeterra. So they, that is the event that the Sentinels of Light is fighting, is the return of Viego. And what is happening is that Viego waking up, and the way that he's able to move away from the Blessed Isles is through the encroaching mist. And the encroaching mist pours out of his pierced heart. So the sword That's pretty metal. Yeah, the sword is strong <laughs> enough to destroy an entire country slash corner of the globe and yeah. is strong enough to create a magic that allows the dead to leave their realm and travel into the world of the living. What what the heck's going on there? Yeah, it's, like it brings up a lot of questions. That is just like, holy cow, this is going to be a really deep and crazy story. Oh yeah, it's it's one of those things that for all of our, I mean, obviously our listeners are used to fantasy. Uh, blight, blight is a concept in a lot of different uh, lore, and that's essentially what encroaching mist is. But one through line in a lot of lore is that blight takes time to spread, right? Where it's not really usually attached to a person. Um, <laughs> so the fact that he has moving blight with him makes this very interesting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm glad that you bring up blight because, you know, like that's, that's the way we were understanding it before this, like with Maokai's story. Yes. Is, you know, it is, it is a blight. Um, and now it's a, a, a human with <laughs> that it's just creating it oh god <laughs> and the card does a great job of doing that too and it's okay. like oh god as you're so, playing against it all right now i i talk a lot about being an aggro like card player mm-hmm. like at heart and it's very true um when i and it's because when i play control lists I don't play true control. I don't, I build bad control decks because I'm not looking at interactions. I'm looking at value. Yeah. Viego is value. Viego is spelled with a V for value. All right. This card is the definition of it. It's why I love this card so much. It, I'm so, I'm, I'm so excited to just go crazy with this. So Viego <laughs> is a five mana, five, four with fearsome. 
Okay, pretty cool. Um, each round, the first time an ally dies, summon an encroaching mist. All right, and as we stated before, encroaching mist, it starts off as a 1-1, but when it's summoned, it gives Viego and all encroaching mists plus one plus one. You can get Viego out to some crazy freaking numbers. <laughs> Viego could get really up there. Yeah. Uh, but they need to have that damage boost happening to them because his level up condition is I have seen allies with 20 plus total power die. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I love that uh, as far as the champion spotlight that they gave for Viego when they were revealed to the card to us they were using despair on their own minions to be like ha ha this is how you level them up yeah uh and then i'm like yeah could you imagine just chucking like a 10 10 encroaching mist at your nexus so that you can level <laughs> just to level up diego i remember when that came Boom. out i was like well this no this is not what you would do. This is bad. So, so we mentioned despair earlier. So take all those cons and add this to the list of killing a creature you own. Oh, Lord. Yeah, because Glimpse Beyond is so last year. Exactly. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. So now the Viego level up. Um, and this is... Uh, this, we we always harp on how well of a job Riot does with translating the League of Legends game into the card game. Uh, Viego's no exception to that because his level up is each round, the first time a unit dies, summon an encroaching mist, round start, steal the strongest enemy this round. If it's a champion, kill it instead. Uh, that... I, I every little bit of like either on Twitch or on YouTube clips of watching people pop off with Viego. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> that sounds right. Like because you know Viego's like just doming people and then basically stealing their identity to kill the rest of everyone else. Yeah, and uh, I I love the way that like they're translating that as far as with Magic the Gathering you have the uh, act of treason effects where you're just taking a unit for a single round and then you give it back. Um, and Viego's got that on his body, but it's the first time that we're seeing it in League of Legends. Yeah. Um, it And this can this is a very powerful effect only for Shadow Islands because or, or the Shadow Isles has all the ways to sacrifice their stuff. Exactly. So all of a sudden, you know, that all of a sudden that glimpse beyond's a kill spell. <laughs> yeah, and, and the part the part that we, you know, I think the last part we haven't mentioned is just the body of the card. So Encroaching Mist is pumping not only Encroaching Mist, but also Viego himself, since technically Viego is Encroaching Mist. So um, he starts off as a 5-4. <laughs> so he's already, like, for 5, which is chunky. That's, that's a good stat line for what he does, and he's getting bigger throughout the game. And then once he flips, it's pretty much at this point they're expecting you. This is a win more, right? Yeah. You're, you're supposed to win at this point or before this point. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the definition of value because if he's flipping, he's going to be flipping at like 11, 10. Yeah. <laughs> like he's going to be huge. Uh, so it's it, it definitely is a win more. And that's why it's, you know, this is the kind of control that I like because it's, yeah. uh, I'm going to value town. 
and then yeah. you're going to kill me because I'm not running interaction. And we get great, great quote flavor on here um, the, on both yes. sides. Yeah. So the the quotes are going to be ridiculous because Viego's life is absolutely ridiculous. But this is really cool because it is coming from, uh, you know, a lot of like old records because this is a forgotten kingdom uh, and it's kind of coming back to light. So on the first side, we've got there is something that deeply unsettles me about the young king, something at his heart. A hunger that cannot be satisfied, a desire that goes unfulfilled. And on the when we get to his other side, it is from the same record. It is obvious to me in hindsight that it was not Isolda's death that fueled Viega's delusions, nor his need for fulfillment, but simply that something he desperately wanted was denied him. Uh, and that is from the record of Nuno Necritos of Cav of Camavore. Yeah, um, we're this is a lot to take in because it's another named character as far as from this ancient kingdom. But we kind of we now have an idea of what this kingdom might be. Like, is the is Camavore a region that actually exists in Runeterra that like people can still go to? Is Camavore the name of the kingdom that Viego is the king of? Like this is that that is a nice little detail to have that you know really kind of makes our brains start going of like yeah what what is Camavore and we know from some of the new cards that came out that Camavore pops up more than just this it pops up in some of the new cards as well so ah exactly and and this this quote here on the card makes it clear the through line of his character right where um talking about he finally had something that he wanted, that he desired, because as living as essentially like a trust fund kid with no real goals, just kind of living fluidly, um, he finally found something to put his time and energy into, and that one thing was taken away from him, which it's it's a great conclusion he comes to where he's like, this is what I think was the problem, <laughs> was essentially having something you've never had and then immediately having to take it away from you. So. Yeah, it's it, this. This leads us into you know usually usually we do a question and or challenge here, but for this episode I don't really think that fits. I want to just continue our discussion about how we feel about the stories. Essentially, how do you feel this? Because this is the major plot point across the board of Runeterra. How do you feel Wright handled this puzzle piece? I I think it's I do like that. Uh, in my mind, they they're taking more of like an anime approach, mm -hmm. uh, and what I mean by that isn't necessarily that like they're ripping off a story or anything. I mean that they're a, a lot of animes, especially like shonens. Mm -hmm. um, uh, for me, I'm a huge fan of One Piece, and one of the biggest issues that uh, it's one of the reasons I don't tell people to like get into One Piece is the everyone knows the first one which is there's too much of it um but the other one is that the characters are one-dimensional yeah and the as far as with a lot of the other stories that we've gotten into especially with a lot of the younger characters when you're talking about uh characters like talia um like lux these these younger characters, you know, you, you get to see like their growth, um, especially the Irelia rework, the revamp story too. You know, there's a, there's a conflict that's going on and you can see how that's conflicting who they view themselves as too. 
and that gives a lot of depth that you can relate to. Um, and I like that Viego's being pinned as the big bad, which of course, yeah, he's the big bad. He's literally a walking blight. And for the first time in a lot of the characters that we've talked about, he's very one dimensional. He's a spoiled rich kid. Finally found something, you know, spoiled rich kid got his toy and then has got his toy taken away from him and everyone must pay. That is for a villain. That is totally fine. Yeah. And the depth instead of being put into Viego is put into the actual crisis. Yeah. And that I like that a lot because it is a thing of like, what in the heck is this encroaching mist? And clearly it's bad. Like, especially when we're getting cinematics with, um, it's not in Runeterra yet, but you know, we get the cinematic of Vane, like becoming a Sentinel of light. And it's like, oh, okay, like back in the day, you, you know, I would just be like, okay, yeah, that's a way for them to sell a skin. Yeah. Which, yeah, sure, that's totally true. And it's not an unjustified conclusion to come to. But the way that they're spelling out the story, yeah, they these characters actually need to become Sentinels of Light because this is going to be too big for just Senna and Lucian to handle. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what they do with that side of the story. And that's why I do find this enjoyable. Okay. Yeah. So from my perspective, I think you had a lot of the same, the same points I would have mentioned as well. Uh, the one addition to it is with the one dimensional aspect that we have with Viego being the big bad. There's also what we know about the shadow Isles from the other characters. So check out our other episodes. Um, for Shadow Isles characters, but a lot of those characters, when they're consumed by the mist or the evils that is the Shadow Isles um, post Runation, they're put on a one track mindset. Like their goals are one tracked. Um, but one thing that we do get is a flicker of some of those characters having either a brief deviation from that um, to their past lives or having so Callista is a great example of this right where it's like okay you have a brief moment where she remembers who she was or something happens that takes her back off that one mind track that's associated with the shadow isles so i'm hoping with that piece we get the one trackness of the big bad as the big thing but when the sentinel of light uh crew gets involved or we get more development that there's some twist there on either maybe viego did um, uh, remain or uh, keep some of his uh, what am I trying to say some of his uh, like his memories his or memories or personality? yeah he's not completely consumed by it since he it comes from him almost so that would be cool if that's a little twist of oh no this is a choice like he we thought cool. he lost his mind like everyone else but he's just chosen this and he had the option that would be cool right so yeah I I like I like what they did here I do get that anime feel, as you mentioned, yeah. um, but I think there's always room for them to keep playing with it. Uh, mm -hmm. So thumbs up on, on, on this attempt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it was a cool little, it, it was a cool way as far as putting in this event. And of course it's cool because we weren't really expecting it. Like we yeah. mentioned at the start and to, so to get an event that came out of kind of came out of nowhere that also brought out new cards. Yeah. Who's going to complain about that? Nah. 
Not me. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, as always, thank you for listening. And we will be back soon with the next episode. Take care, everybody.